Hey, this is David Schultz, audio producer here at Bloomberg Law. Just wanted to let you know we've created a couple new ways for you to interact with us. If you have feedback on this episode or any of our other podcasts, please give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 703-341-3690. That's 703-341-3690. We might just use your comments in a future episode. You can also reach out to us by email at podcast at bloomberglaw.com or on Twitter, at BLaw. We would love to hear your thoughts. Today on the podcast, the associate pay arms race. Why the most profitable law firms are falling all over themselves to pay more and more and more to attorneys just out of law school, and whether any of this is actually sustainable. Hello, you're listening to On the Merits, the legal news podcast from Bloomberg Law. If you're a graduate of an elite law school, your life is pretty great right now, at least if you're the kind of person whose only concern in life is how high your salary is. If, like most of us, you have other priorities, things may not be going so well, but we'll get to that in a second. From a strictly salary perspective, first-year associates at the country's biggest firms are raking in more money than they ever have before. Two weeks ago, Milbank bumped up their starting salary to 200K, then Davis Polk followed suit and raised theirs to 2025, and then Cravath and Paul Weiss got in the game and set their salary at 205. Bloomberg Law's Megan Tribe has been covering all of this, and I rang her up to try to get a better sense of what's actually going on here. I, I'm just imagining all of these firms like sitting around a poker table and just, you know, <laughs> saying like, well, I'll see your 200 and I'll raise you 205. And I'll, like, you know, yeah. is that is, is it kind of like that where they all just have to match, match each other in order to stay competitive? Yeah. I mean, typically a lot of the elite firms move in lockstep for associate salaries. And this is kind of across the board in big law. Um, a lot of them move in lockstep with associate salaries based on class year. Um, you might get some deviation from that, um, but for the most part, they're all pretty much, if one big law firm moves in terms of salaries or even bonuses, for example, you'll see just a waterfall of firms follow after that. And it's important to note that we're talking about, you know, the biggest, most elite, most profitable firms here. You know, it's not like every associate who graduates from every law school is getting, you know, 200K plus uh, right out of, of, of law school. Correct. Yeah. So these are really just, you know, the elite firms, um, what we refer to as big law firms, um, you know, oh, Really, uh, we're talking about, you know, so far around 50 firms have matched some sort of combination, whether that's the Milbank scale, the, you know, the Davis Polk scale, or perhaps, you know, the, you know, Cravath, Paul Weiss, starting at 205 scale. And they're doing it across all of their U.S. offices. Um, and, and that's kind of what they've done in previous years. It is interesting this year, though, given that firms have now been expanding their recruitment efforts beyond just places where they have off of physical offices. So it'll be interesting to see how these salary increases influence more regional and, you know, local law firms who 
are seeing some of their associates head to these big law firms because of that new flexibility. That is interesting. So it's sort of like a rising tide lifts lifts all boats kind of situation. Correct. Yeah. And and it does. So for for associates, it's it's a great, you know, it's a great situation. But for most of those regional law firms who, you know, perhaps are tied, you know, their hands are tied in what they can charge clients for rates, et cetera, it does put a lot of financial pressure on them. But on the flip side of that is the pressure to to match in order to keep their top associates at the firm. Well, let's talk about the associates now who are, you know, reaping in this big payday. Who are they? Like what's, you know, what's their background? What's the what schools did they go to, you know, uh who are the the associates that are getting 200,000, you know, right out of school? Well, so big law firms, when they're recruiting an incoming class of associates, a lot of them tend to stick with, you know, the top law schools, the top performing law students at the top law schools. So we're really talking about, you know, T14 law schools, you know, for example, you can rattle off a lot of familiar names like Harvard, Yale, um, University of Chicago, um, and, and alike. So these are really, you know, the top percentage of the top percentage of law students. That makes sense. Um, but let's talk about what's driving this trend because the economy is, you know, I guess recovering, but still pretty shaky. Why are we seeing this economic ex- expansion right now? What's what's the reason? Is it just that law talent is scarce and, you know, it's kind of a lack of supply is driving, you know, prices up? Or is there something else going on here? Well, so... The legal industry, unlike other industries, among the top, you know, big firms, they really had profitable years in 2020, with some of them seeing double digit growth in revenue, as well as profits per partner, which is, um, you know, a measurement by which, you know, equity partners get paid. Um, And so as we've entered 2021, the amount of work that they've been doing hasn't slowed, even in the the slightest. And especially within the corporate space, you know, for example, in the capital markets um, practices. So this has created a need for big law firms to keep and recruit associates to do all of that work. And so one way to attract and keep your talent is to pay them more, which we saw earlier this year when big law firms started handing out a pair of special bonuses. And now they're turning to salary increases, um, essentially, to be able to do the same. That that makes sense. I mean, uh, money is nice. I know, uh, you know, (laughs) lots of people like it. But is there also an element of uh, like a PR thing going on here where it's not just that, um, you know, it's not just that they're trying to attract talent. It's also that these firms are trying to say, hey, you know, we're really strong. We're paying our first year associates this much money. We're doing great, you know, compared to our competitors who are not paying as much as we are. You know, it's 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 like a is it is also a show of strength? Oh, most definitely. Um, You know, the, the firm name wants to be associated, all firms want to be associated with paying top of the market. And that goes not only to, re, you know, for recruitment efforts for current associates that you might want to recruit from other firms, but also um, incoming law students, your incoming summer classes, they want to be going to a place that they know is going to be able to pay them top of the market. 
But at the same time, a firm has to do it if they're financially able to do it and not just do it just to match the market. Because there can obviously be a slippery slope with that. Right. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, what you said, you know, if every firm is competing to be top of the market, that creates a cycle where every firm keeps raising and raising and raising their salaries. Is this a bubble? This seems like just, you know, from an economic standpoint, just a classic bubble that has to burst at some point. At some point, you know, salaries can't keep going up or can they? Well, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I would say big law, yes, sometimes can can act like a bubble for sure. Um, but it, it's important to keep in mind that this is the first time we've seen salaries increase since 2018. And before that, the last salary increases were in 2016. So there has been some time um, in between increases. Um, and, you know, if you look at kind of the calculus behind what associates are, are first year associates are getting now, it's essentially adjusted for inflation. Um, but, you know, if there is a downturn, now firms have locked themselves into paying above 200000 for starting associates and they've locked themselves into higher prices for senior associates. They really can't move back on that if there was a downturn or a recession to happen in the next year or so. So they're really locked into that. But what they can do is move back on bonuses. Um, this year, you know, we're seeing some firms pink in excess of $160,000 to senior associates in year-end bonuses. This is potential. We don't know what the year-end bonus total will be, but if they match last year, that's where they will end up. And so what they could do is pull back on those bonuses and essentially just hand associates their salaries. So bonuses are really where they're able to use that lever um, if and when a recession were to happen. Um, but you know, looking back in 2008, Associates were hit pretty hard, you know, when the global recession happened. Um, we saw law firms cancel summer classes, um, really pair back on, you know, their hiring. And so if there was something to happen, you know, who knows? No one has a crystal ball, but, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But I do think, you know, having spoken to some, you know, recruiters and experts in this space, law firms wouldn't have done this, wouldn't have increased salaries had they not believed that the amount of revenue that they were getting is sustainable, at least for the you know f near future. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of you know months and years. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and that does put a really, it makes a lot more sense and, and puts a, a good perspective on it. Finally, though, let's talk about the associates themselves. Um, you know, if, if you're uh, just listening to this and you're not in the legal world, you're probably thinking the associates are popping champagne corks and, you know, <laughs> light, lighting cigars with $100 bills and, and just, you know, are having the time of their lives. Uh, but that's not really the case for a lot of these associates because all of this money that they're getting now is going to go to paying off the massive amounts of debt that they took on to pay for law school. It is, is the price of law school now affecting associate salaries because, you know, the firms know that they need to pay this much to help their associates pay off their enormous amount of debt? Um, 
I mean, I wouldn't, I don't necessarily think it's, you know, a cost correlation between law school cost and what they're getting paid. Um, I mean, law school is expensive. You know, a lot of these associates are walking out with six figures in, in debt. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it takes them, you know, three to four years, even on a salary from a, an elite law firm to be able to even pay that off. Um, but it really is more about essentially meeting the market. Um, you know, there really isn't, you know, the difference between 190,000 and 200 and, you know, 202 or 205,000 over the course of the year isn't really a lot of, you know, that much money. It, you know, and some of the associates that I've spoken, spoken with over the last year have really just said they've been, you know just hammered with work. I mean, a lot of them are working 13, 14 hour days, um, you know, billable, 13, 14 billable hours they have to, you know, they've been putting in, which means that they're working in excess of that um, since not all time is billable. You know, I asked them when the special bonuses were announced, you know, is this enough to, you know, keep you here and and keep you happy? And, um, you know, a lot of them said they didn't know or or know the answer was it. But it was interesting. I thought that a lot of them did point to just in general food allocation. So I, I spoke with one associate um, who mentioned, you know, just just, you know, I'm tired of eating Chipotle every night for dinner because that's all I can. <laughs> that's all I can essentially have time for. Um so, you know, yes, they're making a lot of money and, you know, they have been making a lot of, but they're also working exceptionally hard too in a lot of these practices. All right. Well, Megan Tribe, uh, thank you so much for speaking with us. Uh, this is really great. Megan Tribe is a reporter on uh, Bloomberg Law's Business and Practice Desk. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. And that'll do it for today's episode of On the Merits. It was produced by myself, David Schultz, our editor is Jessica Coombs, and our executive producer is Josh Block. Reach out to us on Twitter if you have anything on your mind. We use the handle BLaw, at BLaw, I should say. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening, and we will see you next week. For our next season of Uncommon Law, we're looking at the regulatory future of big tech. The giants need to be broken up. Facebook, Google, all of them. Is big tech impinging on your right to free speech? They've had unchecked power to censor, restrict, edit, shape, hide, alter. Misinformation, disinformation. It's like a big Venn diagram. We do not want to become the arbiters of truth. We're calling this series Unchecked. Just search for Uncommon Law wherever you get your podcasts.